Hello, I'm Craig Constantine. Hi, Craig. Um, I'm Yolandi. Nice Please. to be here with you today. Me too. I'm tickled pink. I haven't spoken to you. It's probably almost two years now since we last spoke. Um, so today I'm talking with Yolandi Conrad. Uh, how do you say your last name? Conradi or is it Conradi? Conradi. Yeah, Yolandi Conradi. I thought I had that in my head from the last time we talked, but it's always okay. tough with people's names. And I'm actually, I'm like, I'm normally really excited, but I'm super excited because I love that we can do this. Like you're literally on not quite the other side of the world, but you're all the way in Africa. Yeah, halfway around the world. <laughs> yeah, our video call was a little janky, but with the way Zencaster works, I know the audio will come through fine in the end. So, um, you know, we've all had a rough year with being like locked down or having problems with businesses. Yes. But the like the miracle of the internet combined with the miracle of us knowing how to do audio, like this is so great. So yes. I'm, I'm doubly tickled pink. So... I, I don't have like a standard format, but you and I talked a little bit beforehand and where we were going to start is I'm just going to say what comes to mind when I say the word podcasting. Two things immediately. And the first one is I love podcasts. And oh, you know what? I actually did not discover true crime podcasts at the time that I did the podcasting course. <laughs> I promise you, in 2019, it was all just factual and academic and BBC and mind tools. And, and then I discovered true crime. So that's my, I called it my candy floss for my ears. Um, mm. But I, I love listening and and. Um, knowledge, learning new things. I also love language. So I like hearing people using a language and the way we express ourselves in different countries. I find that wildly interesting. The other hmm. thing when I hear the word podcasting is I think back of the time that I did the podcasting course and all the learning that happened there. Everything I learned about um audio and working with different types of software and that was all very new to me but it was I, I didn't know it at the time but a few months later that came in extremely handy mm. you mentioned that you had a course that you converted to audio and I know I've heard a lot of people say like, oh, I've got a new course that I've put out, but I'm wondering what your experience was like trying to change from like one medium to another and making it being audio specific. Is that what you did? I, well, I actually made it, it. I had to literally transform a face-to-face -face course that I was supposed to start um, presenting as, well, I'm in South Africa, as our hard lockdown started. Now, I don't know if you're aware of this, but South Africa had one of the most strict lockdowns in the world when we had our level five lockdown. We couldn't even go out of our yards to exercise. You were only allowed to leave your own yard if you had to go to a mm. shop for, for um, food or for medical purposes. So I was supposed to start with a new group of students the week the well, two weeks after our hard lockdown started. And our, um, I teach at a university, I lecture at a university. I'm at the business school and um, I do one of the leadership modules. And our director phoned me and he said, okay, um, million <laughs> dollar <world>. question. <laughs> 
Do you feel that you're up to digitalizing your module? Hmm. And my module is, is I mean, it's, it's a full course that I do. And I, being me, said, um, yes. And I did <laughs> not know what I was getting myself into, but I've always been like that. I learn on the go. And obviously then I had to start in my little study, had to start making videos where I explained the material. And I had to start thinking how to um, transfer face-to-face exercises in a classroom, how to get that online and have people do an activity online that will make sense and that will mm. sort of cement the lesson that, that we just did. Mm. But then I realized that a lot of the work when you digitalize a whole course is about mm-hmm. the audio. And um, mm. I, I use Apple, so um, iVideo is well, amazing, right. iMovie is amazing, but sometimes I had to remove the audio and put in bits and bobs with other audio software. And fortunately, I knew how to do that. So (laughs) that came in super handy. Was there anything that you thought was going to be really hard that turned out to be really easy about changing all the material over? Do you still hear me? I'm not sure if we... Sorry, Craig, I lost you there for a moment. Oh, sorry. I, w- I said, was there anything that you thought would be really hard that turned out to be easier than you expected? Yes, there actually was. And that was um, working with, with a green screen and um, doing layers of video one over the other to make mm. the video more interesting and have um, cartoon writing over my video while I was talking. Um, So I thought that would be really difficult. But if you have the right software and you're a little bit adventurous technologically, I don't think anything's really difficult. It might be a bit complicated. Um, But as soon as you know the steps and you know more or less how what works, I think it's fine. It's fine. What kind of feedback? So by now you've taught the course. Have you done it more than once? And what kind of feedback have you gotten from the students? Yes, I have done it more than once. So we haven't gone back to -to face-to-face class at all. So I've been teaching online for a year and a half now. And I've converted some of my other courses, my own courses. And feedback from the students is really good. It's it's actually amazing. Um, Because I get very involved with my non-audience when I'm in front of my video camera or behind the microphone, like there's no one on the other side, but to me, it's like they are there. I'm speaking to them. Mm. So they feel that it's personal. They feel as if I'm really speaking to them. It's not, they don't feel like they're just listening to a recording, which I think makes a big difference. You have to really, you're a person speaking to other people and Mm. it has to come through. So that feedback has been great, but then I'm also a bit of a perfectionist. So feedback from the faculty has also been good. Um, They they appreciate the amount of work that that goes into editing and and giving a really nice rounded end product because you have Mm. to think of the person that sits behind their computer watching a whole course online and listening to a whole course online. 
it has to be nice to listen to and watch. Otherwise, he will just stop. I will. No, I will. <laughs> you mentioned that having to talk, having to provide the energy to that person who's watching or listening. Did you like where do where do you get that from? Like, what if somebody who's listening doesn't like? I've never seen you not show up like that. Like that's always <laughs> just been who you are. So I'm wondering. Okay, it's probably you've had that superpower for a long time. But can you imagine somebody who's listening to this who goes, yeah, but uh, where do I get that energy from? How do you, how do you, how do you pass that on? Like, is there something that we can suggest they try or something they listen to? Or like, how would you encourage someone to develop that energy? That's an interesting question because sometimes, oh, sorry, great, my dog. <laughs> how would? <laughs> Sorry, let me just, can I just take the off? Yeah, sure, sure. There's a dog in the video. I always joke this podcast is brought to you by dogs and coffee. <laughs> Sorry, I'm alone at home and it's cold outside, so he can't go outside. Now he sits with me and he's just discovered his noisy ball. I saw him wander through the video and I was trying not to be distracted by the dog. <laughs> Oh dear. I think I should just do a podcast about dogs. Dogs in offices, <laughs> specifically. It's, yeah. it's a very interesting journey. Um, all right, so to get back to the energy. I th it's, it's interesting to try and think now of where do I get that energy from when I come and sit in front of microphone or video. But I think from years of face-to-face -face lecturing, um, I've learned to almost fetch that from somewhere inside. Before I start mm. with any class or group or recording or whatever, I, I literally think myself into the right frame of mind because I know that as the presenter or lecturer or podcaster, whoever, you dictate the energy in, let's say, in the room. You dictate the energy in that space you you bring it or you don't bring it and right. people are very quick to pick up on your energy yes and they feed off that and then we, as soon as i start lecturing or recording i almost start feeding off my own energy because i know my students or my audience are going to feed off my energy so it's almost like i'm feeding off their energy that is still to come because that is what mm. happens in a face-to-face -face situation um, but mental preparation is important i i show up to my desk and my microphone like i would show up to a class dressed the same way hair done the same way Preparation done the same way, and I'm here, and I'm fully here for mm. them in that in that space. I, I think it's intentional. That's that's the word I'm looking for. It's an intentional showing up with energy. It's a principle. I think that's a that's a great insight <clears throat> about like thinking about it ahead and having the mental preparation in place. What do you think is going to happen if you, if they say, okay, we're going back to face to face. Do you think, do you think it'll be the same for you? Or do you think you'll always, do you prefer this more? Like I'm wondering what would a transition 
back to 100% face-to-face be like for you? (laughs) You have to see the dog. The dog is so cute. (laughs) But the dog got banished. So sorry about that. I'm so used to having him here 24 hours a day and he... (laughs) He just sleeps most of the day. Now he's decided, okay, it's a good time to play. Which is saying, oh, he got banished. <laughs> but he's just outside the door. That was, a, that was a black lab. Is that a black Labrador? That's a Rottweiler. A Rottweiler. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A young-looking dog. Uh, I was asking, what would it? What will it be like if? What would it be like when you have to transition back to entirely face to face? Or do you think that we might never, like? I don't want to put ideas in your head, but I think as a, as a planet, we have learned such a lesson about how to do things virtually, what can be done and what can't be done virtually that I don't think we're ever going to stop having virtual education, virtual working. Yeah. So, but I'm just wondering like, what's it going to be like for you when, you know, when you go back and you teach that first class in person, the, the whole, you know, what's that going to be like? I think I'm going to be super excited because I do miss the immediate interaction between myself and students. So what we do is, is they, they work through weekly um, work sessions and then once a week we have a two-hour or a one-and-a-half-hour online class where everybody who, mm-hmm. who, who takes the course are present in that class. But um, and, and there I do have that immediate interaction where when I say something, someone has a question, I can answer mm. that question in the moment, and that sparks yeah. another question from another student. I think that's the thing I miss most because I do believe that every group is different because um, what comes up in the moment tells me what the specific need from that group is. So although the course material remains the same, my presentation of the course material isn't always exactly the same from group to group because that depends on the need that I hear coming from within the group. It's it's very intuitive. It's, yeah, it is intuitive and it's also interesting to see two different groups with the same material, the same knowledge, the same information come up with completely different needs, questions, thoughts, discussions. I love it. I love it. Mm. When, we, when we first started talking, you mentioned, I asked you, you know, podcasting, what comes to mind? And you mentioned the your sheer joy and love of listening to them. Yes. But you, at the same time, you also mentioned that your listening, um, what you've been consuming has changed. And I'm wondering if did that change? So you you began to include more <clears throat> more true crime and more what what I refer to as experiential listening, things you listen to just to have the experience of hearing it. Um, so it it strikes me now that I'm wondering if there's a correlation between your change in the kind of podcasts you are listening to, if that corresponds to when you change to losing that face to face interaction, like maybe you went to a different kind of podcast content because there's a different kind of energy that you can draw from that. I'm completely hypothesizing, but I'm wondering if you've ever thought about that and what your thoughts are about that. 
If it is, if that's true, it was a unconscious or a subconscious process. But mm. I have to add this immediately. I, I, I do learn, and I did learn, from listening to different kinds of podcasts, different things that you can do with sound, with different kinds of sound. Mm. And to, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's almost to merge different sound types to make for an interesting soundscape, like an interesting landscape. And mm. different podcasts and different genres have definitely given me a richer, <laughs> wider experience with that and influenced how I present class and also how I listen to various podcasts. Definitely, it, had, mm. it definitely had an influence. That's an interesting question. I like that. I'm going to think about that a lot more. <laughs> uh, there, so there's so many, so many different things that you've mentioned that we've touched on. I'm, I'm thinking about when you took the podcasting course, did you have something, did you have a project? Like, did you come into the course with an idea of something that you wanted to create? And then I know that you didn't actually create a podcast, but you did, you did a lot, like you did all the work. Yeah. And I'm just wondering what changed that made you not actually create, but that's assuming that you were coming in with the intention of creating. I know many people take the course simply because it's interesting and they want to see how it would work. Um, so I'm just wondering, like, did something change? And if so, what changed that made you not I still do intend <laughs> to make a podcast one day. That's why I came into the course. I think I did not do it yet because I probably lack the confidence. Um, but I do have a project in mind. And I, I have lots of topics that are always swirling around in my head and lots of things that I think about that I think other people can benefit by if you if you have really good conversations about it, and sometimes just fun conversations and sometimes just a relatable conversation. And that's something I enjoy with some of the podcasts I listen to is that the people just sound so relatable and it makes you feel, ah, oh, I'm half a world away and I have exactly the same struggles. And thank you for providing such an interesting answer, just something that you hadn't thought of. Hmm. So, yes. Yeah. Um, terrific. Uh, uh, for some reason, I want to ask, can you give me three of your, they don't have to be your absolute favorites, but three particular shows that you really enjoy that you think other people might enjoy discovering if they haven't heard of them? Hmm. Interesting. I've, oh. I listen to lots of podcasts, yeah. so I find it very difficult to choose, and they're wildly I different. Um, I thought I would say, let's give you three. Yeah. Um, the, the BBC Word of Mouth podcast is about language and the development of languages. And just it's just, if you like language and you enjoy listening to different expressions and the history of certain languages it, that is the podcast it's definitely one of my firm favorites um mm. ah, when it comes to true crime i recently very recently as in two weeks ago discovered one that i don't know why i haven't yet um true crime bullshit uh, that's what it's called and <laughs> what i like about it is the person's research is amazing you can hear that he has really really gone to a lot of trouble 
to do his research well and then to present a, a story, yes, but it's chronologically correct. It makes sense in the way that he presents it. it it's it's my type of thinking in my brain. Oh, I just love it. Mm. And then um, BBC Discovery, um, the Mind Tools, Learning and Development, the Mind Tools, L&D podcast, because that's mm. my world is L&D, part of my world. I have to add this one just because it's pure listening pleasure, pleasure and that is Disgraceland. I didn't think I would ever listen to that type of podcast. But the way in which he has put that podcast together is it's fresh, it's different. Um, he takes you from voice to music to, I, I don't know, you just have to listen to appreciate what that podcast did with sound. It's amazing. Hmm. Thank you. I, uh, I'm happy we have four. <laughs> I can give you uh, more. more. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, I know that all, uh, all of us podcasters, I always joke we need yeah. a podcasters anonymous. I'm like, oh. <laughs> um, but thank you so much for taking the time today to sit down. Uh, uh, I'm sorry the dog got banished, but it's a pleasure to no talk worries. to you. You're as energetic as I recalled. And everybody always says, what will I possibly talk about? And then 20 minutes go by and I there's know. all kinds of great stuff. <laughs> thank so thank you. you for taking the time. You're very welcome. Yeah. Bye. Lovely being here. Cheers. Chat soon.